hello, hello. Welcome to episode 59 of Cutscene Convos. We have got a very busy week to get through, including some AI assistance in this week's character profile. Bad Batch episode 13, Mandalorian episode 3, our final thoughts on the Shazam film that's coming out today as you're listening. Um, before we get into a chunky Nerd News Network, which includes Ben Affleck's return to DC, um, Superman news before we get into the Oscars, big winners and losers, before we wrap it all up with Beta Ray Bill versus Ghost Rider in the Marvel's Heroes Grand Final. But before we get into all that good stuff, Corey, how's your week been? My week's been pretty good. Uh trying to remember what I've done. It doesn't feel like I've done much this week. <laughs> uh, I was at the weekend, I went to girlfriends, had a chill little weekend away. Good disconnect from the offline world, somewhat. Uh, from, from the online world? Well, from gaming and work. <laughs> nice change of scenery. <laughs> yeah. Scrolling in a different place. <laughs> uh other than that, I've just been grinding Destiny a lot, yeah. a lot. Um, really hooked on it. Really hooked on it. Absolutely got its claws into you. It has. Um, which, I mean, content's doing well. It's got me streaming again. No, I haven't streamed this week. Actually, thinking about it. Um. It's already lacking on the streams again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a good week. Now it's going to have a week of no streams. <laughs> <laughs> just how, how I work. Um, but yeah, I've just been gaming. A lot of gaming. And kind of a little bit of work here and there. But a couple of big work projects are going to be coming up that I need to get towards the end of the month. So work's going to pick up soon. Fun, fun, but, fun. Yeah, just enjoying the chill, the chill time. How's uh how's your week been? It's not been too bad. Um busy, busy, busy. Um trying to we're trying to use a little bit of downtime in between projects to um make the most out of it and get ahead. And when yeah. you're trying to get ahead of stuff that isn't just your responsibility and you're having to kind of drag other people along as well. Um it there can be a little bit of just kind of can, can you give me this thing? Can you give yeah. me that bit of information so that I can get cracking with the bits I want to do? Um, but, I mean, it's not been too bad at all. Um, just busy, busy, busy. Um, got a friend's wedding coming up Ooh. in a couple of weeks' time, as well as, obviously, Mother's Day and Gosh, yeah. girlfriend's mother's birthday, grandmother birthday. It's just... Oh, yeah, I've got... There, there, there's many plates spinning, Birthdays and on. if... Yeah, if I don't... um pay attention one's gonna end up falling and smashing i'm sure um we'll keep it all going yes but if we get into um the juicy part um so i was bored this week and after a long long time i decided i would um give chat gpt a go mm. i heard that version 4 was coming soon and i was like okay cool um yes, it's finally four. piqued my interest i have to see what all this is about i want to see if it's any good it's a lot of fun to play with. Yeah, no, we we had we had a good chat with me, and Mr. GPT, <laughs> um, and I, I asked him what he thought about character profiles in general. Oh, and he thought they could be a really good way to give detailed information on characters. 
Um, and the, the varying the varying levels of detail could be dependent on what the viewers wanted. So I thought, okay, let's see let's see how the AI boy does at writing and character profile. Um, I and bearing in mind she doesn't have access to the internet like me. I decided I'd go for a character that back in 2019 would have already been very popular and would have had lots of stuff written about. Um, so I asked him about Captain America. So this is the Captain America character profile written by ChatGPT. Now, um, can an AI write it better yeah. than someone who Almost knows? Almost certainly. <laughs> um, the, the question is, did they get everything right? Because No, you haven't proofread it. No, no, no. I, I copy pasted it. I've I've skimmed it, but I've not properly read it, and I'm gonna read it verbatim. Oh. Captain America is a highly iconic and popular character in the Marvel universe. Here is a brief character profile of him. Oh. Name Steve Rogers, also known as Captain America. Background. Steve Rogers was a scrawny, sickly young man who was rejected from the military during World War II. However, he was given the opportunity to become a super soldier through an experimental serum that gave him enhanced strength, agility, and endurance. Rogers became the symbol of hope and freedom during the war and continued to fight for justice as Captain America in the present day. Personality. Oh. Captain America is a highly principled and moral character who firmly believes in doing what is right, even if it is not easy. He's a natural leader and inspires those around him to be their best. He's also fiercely loyal to his friends and allies and will do whatever it takes to protect them. Abilities. Captain America has an enhanced strength, speed, agility, endurance and healing, thanks to the Super Soldier Serum. He's also highly skilled in hand-to-hand combat and weapon use and has a strong tactical mind weaknesses despite his enhanced abilities captain america is still immortal and can be injured or killed like any other human he can also be vulnerable to attacks that exploit his patriotic beliefs or emotional attachments relationships captain america has a strong bond with his fellow avengers particularly his long-time friend Bucky Barnes and his love interest Peggy Carter. He also has a complicated relationship with Tony Stark, in brackets mm-hmm. Iron Man, as their opposing viewpoints have led to several conflicts. Significance. Captain America is not only a powerful superhero, but also a symbol of American patriotism and heroism. He represents the ideals of courage, honour and sacrifice, and has been a source of inspiration for many readers and viewers over the years. So fair, all sounds. I I think it's quite surface level. However, mm. you can ask ChatGPT to provide more information, which I did, but that added a, about the same amount for each of the subsections, and would have doubled the length. I thought that was a bit much. Um. But you can tell they don't have the ability to, or maybe because I wasn't specific enough, but they didn't clearly discern between um, comic versus film. This is yeah. just kind of generic Captain America. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's it's interesting. I mean, I don't think there's anything here that's outrageously incorrect. No, I wouldn't say there was. There was. There's nothing there. I'm like, oh, that didn't sound right. I think. I do think. I do think it kind of missed out on the man out of time thing. Yeah, it kind of jumped. Didn't explain that. That. Yeah. I think it's very much like quick wiki of who Captain America is. Yeah. Sort of like. His is age, who he is, name, like abilities, weaknesses, jobs are good. Yeah. I do I wonder because obviously it's AI. A lot of that comes down to like prompt. Be mm-hmm. interesting to see if like there's a way to get it, kind of prompt it to kind of give a more less his bullet point sort of thing, and like try and use the comics to explain the character a bit more. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a um, there's a modded version that has access to the internet, isn't there? There is, yeah, I think so. Um, so I'm sure if you were to ask that to give a detailed character profile on Steve Rogers, circa Earth six one six in Marvel continuity, it would probably be able to give you a lot more information. Um, but I mean, like I said, other than missing out the man out of time bit, which might have just been down to a detail level thing. If I'd asked for more detail, maybe it would have included yeah. that. Um, I, th- I mean, it hits all the main points. It, I wouldn't say it has blown me away. It looks like the kind of thing that you'd expect someone who's like a research assistant and has been asked for like to do like 20 minutes research on someone would come up with. Yeah, it's um, like what I say. It feels like they've just gone to like the Marvel wiki and just grabbed yeah. the main point, um, which is fair. I, I'd be really interested to see once they get over chat gpt not being able to confirm if anything is correct or not so it's like very clear like i might get stuff wrong here Mm. it would be very interesting to see if it could be used in a learning environment Mm. if because like you're you you spin up a chat gpt instance and like because you have to create an account to interact with it like it will save your conversations and you can start brand new conversations if you adapted it correctly, I believe you could probably set it up so that it, through interactions with a student, learns how they learn best, and then it will be able to use that information to generate answers that will more clearly explain to that particular person the information. Because like yeah. everyone's been in school where a teacher explains something and you don't get it, but then maybe a classmate who does understand it explains it in a different way, and then you can understand it. Yeah, I believe. I think it'd be very cool for it to be used that way but um i, th- I think it'll be interesting because like obviously we're seeing a lot of different uses of ai mm. and because obviously we're focused on those other things like i wonder how long it'll be before we have like first drafts of scripts that are influenced a bit by ai helping or comics completely written by ai you're gonna get artwork done by ai like there's gonna i think i think one of the first big uses of AI that most people will use daily is going to be your kind of like the next level of spell check. So, you know, like when you write a professional email, sometimes you're a little bit uncomfortable if it sounds right or not. Oh yeah. It'd be like, it'd be next level predictive. Like Google, like Gmail suggests, Oh, this is how you might want to finish this sentence. Yeah. It'll just get better at being like, Oh, here's a, um, alternate improved version of this email would you like to use this one 
mm-hmm. that is more professional. Yeah, 100%. Um, There's definitely going to be things like that. Yeah, for sure. And it'll be interesting. But um, the formatting of this being a bit more bullet pointy is interesting. Um, obviously. I bet with the not... right prompt, you could get it into more of a. Like story driven, not story yes. driven, but you know what I mean. Like, um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Less well, yeah, bullet point, more like a. The way I do written. my character profiles tends to be more about their background and their origin. Yeah. And then if there's any like big events that like really shaped the character, I'll pull them in as well. Whereas mm-hmm. this is kind of Captain America holistically. This is background, his personality, his abilities, all this kind of stuff. Um, but it'll be interesting. Um, if you're watching the segment of this, let us know down below what you thought of ChatGPT's attempt. Um, and I mean, if you're watching this full thing as well, let us know what you thought about ChatGPT trying to uh, steal my job. Don't worry, it'll be back to um, regularly scheduled. Do you Connor. think Kevin is actually just a robot version of ChatGPT? Oh, Disney would never surprise me with that. <laughs> I, 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 th- I think that'd be... Is ChatGPT... Just the Kevin from She-Hulk. I like to think ChatGPT isn't actually AI. It's just a bunch of morons in a room. Just every like googling, you know, like, uh, constantly like, googling. Yeah, like call center style. Just everyone there, like, oh, I've got a query about what who Captain America is. Fuck. Um. Anyway, Bad Batch episode thirteen. Yes. It was an interesting one. It was, I, I, it, in my opinion, we were kind of back to a filler episode, but that's okay. It felt like a filler episode, but it felt like it wasn't a. Tr- it felt felt like a in two episodes time you go look back and go, oh shit. Yes, and I think this is setting up more so how the season's going to end and the future for like following mm-hmm. seasons it very much felt like a filler episode of building this idea up of or ki- continuously as we have through this season is building this idea that they're not just soldiers anymore like there's this idea of them finding what their life's going to be and s- this settling down idea mm-hmm. um definitely felt like that was what they're trying to set up here it's like what's next yeah, for, for sure. them? like what they're, they're not going to keep doing this stuff for sid like there's this in the grand Star Wars story, they have to go somewhere because we haven't seen them. So, like, mm-hmm. there's something got to go on there. Um, how do they escape being hunted? Um, so, I liked it. I thought it was cool to see the the, the pirate character. I forget her name. Um, that we saw obviously at the beginning, and then yeah. with the crystal one, we weren't so sure. We definitely were sold on the idea that like she seemed a bit shady or a bit mm. like she was bullshit turns out she was actually i think that could be a double bluff i don't know i, I think... think she's trying to get them to lower their guards so that she can collect the bounty on omega no i don't think so i think um sid's gonna do that oh really i think sid's threat of you don't want to cross me sort of thing I know too much. I think she'll fret. She's either going to threaten them with the idea. She's like, I'll sell over. Like, I'll tell them where Omega is. Or you do this one last job for me. Sort of deal. 
and puts them in like a and this last job is going to be some proper risky like they don't want to do it but it gets her off their back yeah i think that's where this is going and this idea of the island that they can go to is like a safe haven for them to it's their way out it's their way out of this line of work mm. um i for those like me and you probably instantly with the whole like tremor thing and the waters receding i was like holy shit it's like the tsunami that when we were kids was on the news and that idea that yeah. i forget the which um country it was but that instantly hit home with me i was like oh shit yeah. tsunami um but yeah kind of a filler episode a weird one in my opinion it, it kind of felt like um this is this is not a reference people are going to expect to come from me but it kind of had a bit of a of mice and men vibe <laughs> with like this old like the farm and the chicken and everything's going to be perfect and like they're all like even hunter who's like pessimistic as fuck are all kind of buying into this idea that this could be their life yeah and it feels like once again as star wars fans were being set up for heartbreak why 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 did you have to say this because it's true because now you've said this in my brain i'm like this is star wars nothing yeah, no is ever a happy no one gets ha yeah no one gets happy ever after so it's gonna be like they're gonna get they're gonna be like yeah we've escaped this place and then oh psych here's the empire to bomb it yeah and the worst bit is the characters we care about are probably going to survive it and they're going to live with the guilt of destroying this essential heaven. Oh, don't why? why? I still, yeah. I still, I'm going to hold out hope that that doesn't happen this season. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think it will happen too far, but like that's the whole idea. Yeah. Like, this place is too perfect to exist inside an empire run it universe. It is. I, I they think are you... untouched. They're they're all these refugees who like never had a chance. Who are all living together harmoniously. It it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't compute. And the fact that every know... all the characters seem genuinely happy there. Do you know what I think is going to happen? This might be next season, but I think you're right. I think the empire is going to find out about it, and something's going to go wrong. And the people that they get out, and the other people that they save uh it'll be they'll go to rex and there'll be something a reconnection there but i um, i do think they're going to use this to as a way to end the season with them settling down i think there's going to be some big job i think sid's going to be this is this was set up with earlier that earlier filler episode with the pod racing where it's like sid double crossed people and I think it's going to come back around that, oh, look, she hasn't changed. She is going to double cross them. Yeah. And it's going to be some risky as fuck job, which is the job where I think they're going to go to that um, laboratory place where the doctor is. Yeah, it's it does be something feel like all roads are pointing in that direction at the minute. Yeah, it does. Um, um, but yeah, I just... it was It was too brightly coloured. <laughs> like it, it, just bear with me for a second here. Everything in Star Wars, mm. music and color wise, is always very deliberate. Well, even yeah. in the even in the um the Disney trilogy, however you feel about them, 
the the use of music and color is always very important to put something across. Mm-hmm. Nothing during the Empire time should be that, like mm-hmm. birds singing, sun blazing, like it felt like a holiday on like a Greek island. Yeah, it's that weird. But there was this period between Order sixty six, where they thought the war was over, and there's this like, weird false sense of everything's going to be all right. But no, psyched the Empire's here. So I do think you're right. It's I mean we've got next week, and then the week after that is the final finale double episode. The I, I guess the question is. Does this place become a place that they can never return to because they're always on the run and they don't want to put it in danger, which makes it this heaven they know they can never obtain? Or do they try and settle there, the Empire finds them and destroys it a la Mandalore? Um, Do you know know what I think? Then they have to live with the fact that they ruined this heaven for people. What if this place is a safe haven, it stays off the radar, but because um, the Bad Batch have been hunted or chased so, like, directly, they can't go there at risk of endangering it. So they can't go back. Mm. What if they then use that as to protect Omega? They leave Omega there. Oh, okay. As, like, a, we'll leave you here you can grow up with kids your age, like you can have a bit more of a normal life that's not this soldier life. Because we're being hunted. Mm, maybe. It's very possible. I just, I feel like as we know of Omega, she's not going to buy that. No. So it has to be like but... true abandonment. Mm. And I'm not sure I want to have to watch Wrecker come to realise the fact that he's had we're to made, abandon we're made, Omega. We're made to watch Order 66 consistently. Yeah. They don't care about hurting us like that. No, they really don't. They want us to feel all of the pain. So, um, but it's like I said, it's definitely a filler episode, but it has some interesting um setup. Yeah, there's there's something there that I'm just know is going to be used to inflict pain on us down the road. Hmm. Yeah, and no, I I agree. But yeah, there's what two weeks, which is three episodes. So I think next week definitely is going to be some setup for the uh, big setup for finale, uh, yeah. and then the finale obviously be big two parter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. So am I. It's uh, it's been a really good season. Yeah, I really has. enjoyed it. Um, on to Mandalorian, episode yes. three, and oh boy, I'm going to say the the opening dogfight. Was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I have missed having a good, like, hefty Star Wars dogfight. Like, so, so well done. It, it's really interesting to me because everyone likes to act like Star Wars is sci-fi, but it's not. It is the films of the seventies that it was like came just after mm. but just set in space it is your westerns your samurai mm. films your your war films they, they and don't get me wrong they do them beautifully but they have the exact same motifs hence 
the brilliant dogfighting, mm-hmm. this idea of the bounty hunters being these gunslingers. You've got these ancient, very um, peaceful Jedi. And like they're, they're the exact same motifs. There's nothing special inherently about these ideas. But the way that Star Wars manages to fuse them so effortlessly into this big universe makes it so special. So to get the the dogfight back was just so, so good. I mean, just before the dogfight, we had like a real, there was the really cute moment of um, Grogu trying to say, this is the way. Yeah, absolutely. No one can convince everyone's gone nuts. Everyone's gone nuts on the internet that that is the case. And well, I, I love that. Before that as well, we had the scene still in by the living waters. Oh yeah, we did. Um, where I was trying to very gently work out if uh, Mando had saw seen him. the mythosaur. And I was right in the sense that he didn't get pulled down; he just fell. Yeah, I don't understand how though. So I, 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 either there is an issue with the physics here, or I'm missing something. I think you need. We're forgetting that, like, oh. They don't really sell it constantly, but Beskar is just solid. Like it's metal armor, like it's heavy. She's wearing Beskar as well. No, uh, I don't know if hers is pure Beskar. You've got to so you've got to remember there's pure Beskar and there's like Mando armor that's like infused with Beskar. Oh, uh, okay. So pure Beskar is what Mando has, and it was like because it's like a cult, like. It's a, a sign of wealth and a big thing in the cults because obviously that's why like he's collecting it and it, he makes pieces at a time. Oh, it yeah. wasn't... There was a period in, like, if I'm remembering correctly, like it was a big resource. But obviously, it became a wealth thing in Mandalore. So it became like an infused alloy metal. So, oh, yeah. I mean, also... It kind of makes sense, like, if, if he's expecting it to be, like, a fairly shallow thing, and you're just walking forward, and suddenly there's nothing there, you're gonna, like, fall. And, I don't know, they're, they're kind of blacking out. It's, it's a weird... Maybe it something just... for him, maybe he fell, like, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I, I guess, because of the way he, like, so aggressively went under, I don't know about anyone else. I've never seen someone aggressively fall underwater like that. Without, I mean, like, diving in. Yeah, but if you think, like, if someone misses a step on it as they're going in a pool, they suddenly, like, jolt down. Yeah, but you got to think they're still, like, half above the water, like, quite well, a he, like, he quite, was quite still a fair bit above. Yeah, maybe. I think it, it was definitely hard to tell, but it's one of those things that's hard to sell, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think because of how deep it was and, like, the fact that he was, like, nestled on the bottom and she's, like, chasing him basically instantly with her rocket booster helping her. I'm just kind of like, surely he can't have just fallen. Surely there's got to be more to it. Because um, if he weighs that much, how's he even cutting about, like? It's Pedro Pascal, mate. He's, he's yoked. Not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. Um, But I thought it was interesting that Bo then mentioned, like, oh, it's, like was a cavern that is um i think it's later on at the end of the episode she mentioned this but the the bombing must have broken open the cavern no, which then... she 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 said it out there she was like i didn't realize they were that deep <laughs> and she was so, like they never used to be i'm wondering if if that was the case then it's like maybe the mythosaur was not obviously wasn't always there it was sleeping somewhere or dormant mm-hmm. and it's got like freed into this pool of water okay. So before we get on to the bulk of the episode, yes, um, I want to discuss the fact that 
Grogu is the next Mandalore. Okay. So there was a picture posted somewhere mm. of the Beskar Mythosaur skull on the armorer's wall. Yeah. And the angle the picture's taken, it creates a shadow that literally is Grogu's head. Interesting. And the, pic- and the picture gave me big, you know, the famous Phantom Menace poster where you had young Anakin and then the shadow is Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. It had big, like, that kind of energy. That pro- most likely has been done on purpose. Yeah. A- along with the fact that, obviously, Pal Vizsla? No. Paz Vizsla. Has, no, no, the very oh. first guy. Was it? Oh. oh, can't remember. Uh, dark. Saber. He's a Vizsla. I can't remember his. Cal. Cal. It's something Vizsla. Tar Vizsla. Tar. Yeah. So Tar Vizsla was obviously the only Jedi Mandalorian. Create the dark saber. Rule yeah. Mandalore as the Mandalore. Blah blah blah. Obviously, gr- um. Din's now the owner of the dark saber. It's not like the Elder Wands. You don't have to win it in combat, um, and you don't, and you have to claim it if you have beaten the person in combat. But it can be given over willingly. So, Din can give it over to Grogu. Grogu can go. I'm a Jedi and I'm a Mandalorian because my dad's a Mandalorian and he is the Mandalore. It is set up so perfectly. I do think it is going that way. And I don't care if it takes us 12 seasons to get there, just so we're clear. I'll watch 100 chapters. Well, this has been a slight sidetrack, but like I know that um pretty sure Dave has talked about this as the Mando's first trilogy. Yeah. So if they're doing it in trilogies, and it's like first trilogy is ending with potentially the rebuilding of Mandalore, like the re-establishment of Mandalore. It would make sense that the second trilogy maybe leads up to the new leader of Mandalore being well, like this Grogu. Was, this was another thing I saw being discussed. It's said somewhere in one of the Star Wars projects that Yoda became a Jedi Master at the age of 90. Oh, yeah, people have worked out... Um, so, Grogu A should be talking by the end of this season. And there's yeah, lots that's of like, people... teasers in interviews that make it think that might be the case but also that means obviously by the age of like 70 Mm. he's going to be like chatting he's going to be learning he's going to be like fully becoming the person he's going to be Yeah, and we can do a little time jump to that and then see him getting ready to become the leader that Mandalorian because that's the beauty with the Mandalorian being behind armor mm. and Grogu being a puppet. Yeah. You can do some time jumps. Yeah, you can. Um, To get us to the point where Grogu's maybe like getting closer to 100 and you get to see him fully ready to take over as the Mandalore from his father, Din. Yeah, no, you could do. You could. Um, um But, I mean, getting back to this... This episode, obviously, we had that cute moment where Grogu almost speaks. And I do yeah. think the first words he is going to say is, this is the way. Or, the uh, yeah. way this is. Yeah, it's got to be some kind of variation on that. Um, Then we got... The, the dogfight was insane. The way that 
Mando fucking jetpacks that da- like airdrops in where we dropping kids. Uh, yeah. Big time. And the seeing his spaceship in like the fights again, just like good old school Star Wars vibes, like having that. And like the cliff, like going through the cliffs and stuff. It was it was just so well shot. Uh, yeah like they just that whole sequence was so well shot uh but then it was brutal for them to be like oh shit yeah we won and then star wars was like psych no one wins uh i gasped i audibly went <gasps> yeah i was I just like over the hill. Oh, sh-. and then they, they bombed burkatan's home which brutal for her like, yeah this family like cat like fought for all she years. has left in the world. Yeah, all, all that she universe. has left of her clan and kind of her memory of like Mandalore or like whatnot, it's like bombed. Mm-hmm. Uh and there's the like like the line of uh well like just about like a bounty hunter or whatever, like it's a lot for the Empire to send after this just for one mm-hmm. annoyance. Um which is true. But then she goes chasing after the bombers and it's like, oh shit, no, there's too many. Uh, so they jump. And then yeah. we get into the bulk of the episode, which I've seen very mixed feelings online. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people bitching and moaning about it. I've seen... I liked it. I liked it and I liked it more so... There's. In a way, yes, it could have been written in better. I think they could have maybe um, found a way of putting that, bringing that storyline in a little bit less kind of like sudden. But I can see what they're doing. And it's what yeah. we, we talked about a few episodes back in Bad Batch. Dave is doing, he's doing it. He's attacking it from two two time points. Okay, so I've got a funny little anecdote for this. Okay. So um, last night we didn't. I didn't have enough time to watch Mandalorian, um, mm-hmm. because me and my girlfriend watched it together, and I was yep. streaming last night. By the time I finished streaming, it's far far too late, and she would, she wouldn't have made it through. So we decided to watch it today when she got in. Mm. Um. So as we're about halfway through, our dinner's ready. As we stand up to go get our dinner, he goes the Kaminoans. In his speech, so I, I put as I pause it, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, they're doing it quick. Let's go get our food. I need, I need to see where this is going. <laughs> but yeah, literally the second he said that, I was like, holy shit, Dave, you beautiful bastard. As soon as the doc- the doctor was back and he's doing that speech about, di- I'm like, he's yeah. attacking it on all. F- like, it's wild that like before. Just as Bad Batch was kind of starting, we were talking about Mando, and I was like, oh, there's going to come a point in the future, maybe it's like in Ahsoka somewhere, like Dave's going to start dealing with, now he's going to start fixing the Disney trilogy and the issues with it. Um, my, my guy was already on it, and he's yeah. on it from two different timeline points. Like, he's he's not leaving. Like, he's fixing it from the start and the middle, and he's going to probably attack it from, like, right up to the end. Yeah. And that, it's good. The whole the whole Ahsoka series is going to be her chasing down scientists who are working on this weird thing. Well, 
that mm. the, the Empire are desperate to get done. It's going to be more her searching for Thrawn. Maybe that's but what he's there's going to be things from that that I think tie into it. I do, I do agree. But it's 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 too convenient. It's wild that one line in the Disney trilogy of Palpatine's back somehow mm. is what's caused Dave to have to go right. Well, gonna have to fix this shit now, aren't I? And it's, it's the same as in Episode Three, though, isn't it? Where um, Grievous says to Anakin Skywalker, "You're not as tall as I thought you would be, or you're taller than I expected, or whatever it was." So then Dave Filoni spent. Oh, you mean with Obi? Tens... Yeah, with Obi. Yeah, spent like ten seasons making sure that two main characters never meet, so that yep. that line still makes sense. It's like Jesus the man will Christ. jump through hoops to fix things. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we get this: the Doctor from season one. Yep. Is back. He is being rehabilitated. Cause. Yeah, I, I have, you know what I'm like, Corey. I have some thoughts on the way the new New Republic's being run. Yes, so I, so I'll, I'll say what I enjoyed. I enjoyed the fact that Dave's starting to dive into this fix, like building on this idea that cloning and this cloning technology didn't go away; it was just kind of hidden. So mm -hmm. I'm loving that. I love that we were back on Coruscant. I can't get enough of Coruscant. Live action Coruscant looks amazing. We got to see the the place he was doing the speech was from the same place that Anakin goes to to watch a thing with Padme, if I remember correctly, yeah. from the original trilogy. Not the original trilogy, sorry, the prequels. Mm -hmm. um, so it was cool to see You're that. You're going to get so much hate on the I, internet for that. I've, Calling yeah. the prequels the original trilogy. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, so cool to see that. I love the little touch of, like, we got to find out a bit more about the planet. I didn't know about yeah. the like the tip of the mountain is the only bit of the planet showing and like that's there in Coruscant. Didn't know that. I, I really liked that because it showed because obviously we know below the level the, the yeah we know there is dozens of like tiers of yeah. floors of people who are in poverty and like Coruscant's always been like this. It's been a big kind of joke about capitalism in reality because it's kind of been yeah. like, oh yeah, on the surface everything looks perfect, everyone's happy. And we get to see that from the person after his speech going, oh, I almost got enlisted. And she's like, that was the Empire deal. It's the New Republic now. And he's yes. Like, oh, I can never keep up because it shows that these super rich people have no concept. They don't give a fuck who's in charge because it's not going to affect them. Bit, bit too real. Yeah. No, hundred no, no, <laughs> no, percent. No. It's yeah that. That whole little thing of, uh, oh, I can't keep up, and oh, I almost got enlisted, and all this. It's like yeah. problems of the rich people. And adding it, this it thing about like, like first galaxy problems. Just that little detail about this is the tip of the mountain helps just like instantly, like, oh, fully explains how you can have so many layers of a city down because we're fucking really high up in the altitude. Like, mm. It's 100%. little things like that that Dave's just like, oh yeah, just tick that little thing off. Um, yeah, sure. But I did enjoy this kind of side. It's a side story. Obviously, it's setting up bigger picture stuff. Um, I know people online are like, oh, we're getting Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett treatment, where it's like suddenly we're on a side story. Uh, I don't think it's going to go that way. I think this is, we're going to have two crossover stories because I think the doc the doctor's obviously going to be he's going to go looking for grogu again 
I think. I mean, his mind's kind of being wiped. Well, yeah, this is what we go on to, is they're in a weird sort of amnesty housing, they're calling it. So, so let's let's go let's go through this so they've got the amnesty project yeah which is basically oh you worked for the empire we're going to send you off to these weird very dodgy sounding camps what do i call them re reintegration camps yeah um so that you can be a productive member of the new republic then as part of that they get put in these buildings now there's a number of reasons that already go to show so it's really interesting because no matter what era we're in mm. we're always shown government bad yeah so obviously the original trilogy the empire was in charge empire bad Ooh. yeah then we we get the prequel trilogy where we're, where we're watching the republic and like obviously the clone wars is the republic and the entire time you're kind of like this government's a bit fucking scummy yeah, the, the... and we've seen the exact same thing again well it's They've got to start, we're starting to see what we haven't really seen, which is the early transition of empires ended or been defeated, but somehow we get to the first order. Yeah. And there's this weird kind of, we are better people now. Like those things that the empire did, we are leaving behind. Um, so they're doing this whole reintegration because we know not everybody was a bad person in the empire. You were enlisted. You were so we want to just screen you and be like, let's get rid of the psycho ones and make sure that yeah, let's get these people back in we and working for us. The true believers versus people who literally it was life or death. Yeah, and but they've done a number of things poorly. Well, it's this kind of front that. Oh, we're better people now. We are. This is a new way, and it's like you're being a bit overly, like, trying too hard to be the good guys. Now it feels. Yeah, these people are still desperate a to be in positions of government or like working mm. to be in in part of the controlling party, which is just a bit weird. But also, they've they've so they've gone through this reintegration center so they can be functioning members of the new republic. Yeah. Oh, they stripped their names from them and gave them letters and numbers. Yes. Come on. They're going to camps. They're coming out with... They don't have a name anymore. They're just a letter and a number. They, they're being given jobs well below their ability, i.e. just doing basic admin when he's a brilliant scientist. It's, it's basically... It's for failure. Well, and it's also this idea that, like... Quite clearly, they're not going to waste good work, workers, but they don't want them, they want to control them enough, so they're giving them the basic jobs. We'll use them to fill all the basic roles, so we can have new people in these positions of power, so people feel like, oh, there's fresh people in there, but realistically, it's all the same people still working for the government, it's just we've moved the top ones down to the bottom, and yeah. move the bottom ones up so it feels like a rebalance but it's not really um but it's like we then get to meet the communications officer which we also saw in season one mm-hmm. off moff gideon's ship and there's this little exchange of oh we knew each other from moff gideon's ship and the others there at the table are like oh shit you guys worked for moff gideon like oh you're 
you were on this badass yeah. over here you were on the psycho ship yeah like you were on the how the fuck did they let you back here yeah like you guys are we, like are you guys not extremists <laughs> sort of thing um I heard honestly to slice open a kid <laughs> i didn't trust the girl oh no from the word get-go no there was something about where she was like clearly it to some dodgy stuff i thought it was going to be um she was doing shady stuff on the side like in the slums area like not i wasn't really expecting her to sell the doctor out i think she's still evil though i no no so this is my thing i think she so i thought the shady thing was oh she's just old way like she's making money on the side doing like gangster stuff but keeping up a front i think actually she's a mole in the sense of she's still there's someone that's still linked with moff gideon and all that and it's like she's still kind of working for them and she's just in this place finding people i think purposely finding other people that are getting reintegrated and seeing how much they know and what they're doing and like with the doctor's case he was trying to do too much so she nulled him out yeah um it's it's an interesting one because very quickly they've gone now you feel sympathetic for people who were enemies not that long ago yes um and it's very interesting because i just don't know how how the new republic thinks this is the right way to go about it well that's the thing though isn't it it's like they think that this is what has happened this is what happened with the old republic they thought they were doing good and slowly they were being manipulated and became the bad guys i think they're trying to show a a mirroring it's like oh we've got out the empire we are the good guys now but some of the things that the people in power are running it's like actually you're being manipulated and you slowly are going to become the bad guys again um i have to say though on with the doctor and he gets caught and they i love this it was mirrored in this it was like he put on a machine like oh this is a i don't know what they call i can't remember what they called it and he's like it's a mind flare and I'm like no 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 this is something and he's like no no i know this is a mind flare this is what the machine well we don't call them that anymore it's like yeah it does it's the exact machine you've just renamed it and it's like when companies get caught out being bad or do, have a bad product and they just rebrand it and it's like mm, this is the same thing we know it's the same thing you've just given it a new name yeah and no, then you're, you're absolutely right we also got a fun thing though that scene i don't know if you picked up on it here oh, it's a trap it's a trap line we got he because the the doctor is also a mon calamari i think those cre- yeah. the, that race is called and just like um in the old the, yeah, the films it's just Empire like back. it was a trap and i was like oh my god they they no way they yeah. just met it and did yeah. the line I, was... I, I, I once again i paused tonight to explain that joke to my girlfriend she was like oh that's very funny yeah i was like, yes, like i'm is. so glad i'm so no glad they met it that. oh 100 <laughs> i was totally on purpose um but yeah it was i get people's annoyance of like we jump to this sudden different story that we've had no context to the build-up of like it just feels like it's out of nowhere but i do think it's important because 
people are forgetting that the Mando stuff is going to build, it's building a bigger connective story in that gap, which is going to include Skeleton Crew, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka. Like these are all going to be tied together. And it's just, Mando's the starting point for a lot of these characters to branch off. And I think people need to realize this is going to show this transition of Empire's over. People think they're good, but we've got to get to the First Order somehow. Yeah. And. Um... And I think similarly, it's um, it's gonna be another one of these shows where the takeaway is just give Filoni and Favreau the kings to the the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. Um. They they haven't missed yet. I don't think they're gonna start missing anytime soon. They clearly have ideas on how to fix the fan issues. Fans, for the most part, love their stuff. Yeah. They might have divisive um the fan base is with anything star wars touches mm-hmm. um it's basically all positive let them run it trust them trust them oh yeah i think there needs to be a certain level of trust of like they're trying to build they're, they're doing setup for stuff and it's like i get you want to watch mando 24 7 who doesn't want to watch pedro blast his way around space like no no one's blaming you for wanting more more of the mando but this is a big there's a bigger picture going on here and it's like allow them to build stuff up because it's all going to tie together it's not just stick the camera on mando 24 7 like there's other stuff going on and i mean we go back to them at the end of the episode they've land they land at the cult cave the coven the, yeah and um I just want to say, Paz Vizsla, the big beefy guy, he looks salty. It, like, this is the thing. They all had helmets on. There's no facial expressions. It's all just, like, pure body language. But my God, was Paz Vizsla salty. Salty that Mando was back, and he's like, nah, yeah, we'll see what the armor has to say. Oh, he was telling the truth. He's bathed in the waters. Damn. Why does he get to bathe in the waters and I don't? He has the fancy sword that I want. This isn't fair. Ah, that's the vibe you get from yeah. Paz Vizsla. Once again, going to show that superhero films do not need to destroy the character's mask in the third act. Mm, mood. If you know what you're doing. Exactly. Um, what I will say, it really made me laugh, that for most of that interaction, I was like, look how thick he is um, at Paz Vizsla. Because if you look at, like, Bo-Katan and Manda, oh, the he's look... But their helmets like look like they're too big for the head. Yeah, I know what you his mean. His helmet looks too small for his head. He he's a chunky man, which makes it like big man salty. <laughs> like it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. you can feel it. My head cannon is it's actually wrecker. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine <laughs> he became passive. But uh, I thought it was interesting, and I I, I kind of saw it coming. It's like the armor was like. And so you also bathed in the waters because you went and got him out of them. And she's like, well, technically, yes, but I don't believe... Well, by the creed, you are redeemed. Yeah, as long as you leave your helmet on, you're good to chill here for as long as you need. So I I think she's going to go... I think Bose Katan's going to talk to the armorer about the Mythosaur. Not directly be like, oh, I saw one, but be like, so the Mythosaur, what yeah. do you know about them? But let's also remember... Let's not act like Bo-Katan isn't a bit of an extremist. Well, yeah, no. I like... think I think she's going to use her time there to get some more information about things. Get it, She's seeing that there's a collection of clans and Mandalorians, which 
she was trying to build. So then she'd she be knows like, in a dark saber fight, she can win a, win against Jin, against Jin. Yeah, I think also she'll be looking. She'll be like, hmm, they're managing to pull Mandalorians together. Is there an opportunity here for me to suck up to them, stick with the way of the cult, get the sword, and then I can rule everybody? Hundred percent. So there's there's definitely I don't trust her, but I have think. You seen, have you seen one of the popular fan theories circulating about the armor? What's that? That she is the third sister. So, you you know what Star Wars is like with its imagery. Yeah. So you had I forget her name, the leader of Mandalore during the Clone Wars series, who is obviously mm. Bo-Katan's sister. Yeah. So you had her raised as the politician. You had Bo raised as the warrior. Yeah. Which is two elements of Mandalorians. And then the third is the religion. And mm. the armorer is a devout religious person. Interesting. So everyone's like, what if she's the third child? I'm not necessarily sure I believe it because I don't think there's ever been any evidence that there was a third sister at any point. But it'd be a very felony thing to pull off. It would. I would be surprised. If I that feel is like the you case, would have something about it. Yeah, and I feel like there would have been a bit more of a reaction from Bo. She might not know because she, she was the youngest, wasn't she? True. So, I feel... like, this other sister could have been long gone and True. off into a cult before she was even, like, aware. I think it's going to be, an... I do think there's going to be a bit of she'll work with Jun, but she's going she's gonna to want it for herself. 100%. She's she's got that urge to lead in her blood. Um and don't get me wrong, I well, think eventually she becomes just an ally with no like, oh will she, won't she? Yeah. But I do think at some point she we get like two or three episodes of her being an antagonist. I think she's lost everything now. Like her homegrown was the last thing. The only thing that kind of links her to her old life is that sword of when she briefly had it and was ruling Mandalore for a very brief time. But that's the only thing she can hold on to now, is that Ironically, time. she ruled Mandalore for about as long as we had one Prime Minister, so... <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, I think, overall, loved the episode, loved the dogfight and the stuff with the armor. I think that was great. And I actually enjoyed this, like, the side stuff with the Doctor. I thought we're okay. getting a bit... It's, it's world building. I get people are like, uh, it's, it's too you know off. was? As 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 big proponents of Andor and Rogue One, mm. it was right up our alley. Yes, a lot of the people I saw who didn't like it were also the people who didn't like Andor and Rogue One. Yes, I saw that thing of like people like, how can you not like this? This was like we got an episode of Andor in Mando. Like what? So it, I agree. Inject it. <laughs> I I'm all for showing us Mandalore, like process of coming back and what's going on there and also showing us the start of what is the transition between the empire and the first order mm -hmm. so it's gonna be an give, interesting one for sure yeah give me give me more i'm all for it um and this brings us on to shazam yes um shazam comes out today as you're listening to this assuming yeah, you're to listening to totally it as it comes out forget about this till i saw it in the notes 
Um, I don't have a lot of thoughts, but I have some thoughts, and they are um, mm. they're not all positive. Oh. Um. So here's the thing. I've gone back. I've looked at some of the trailers. I've looked at the broader spectrum of stuff. Hmm. I'm not confident. Oh. I wasn't confident before the first Shazam film, and it pleasantly surprised me, and I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, but that was because DC had bent us over and embarrassed us for like. Yeah, five yeah, it it been rough. Um, but. Gal Gadot's got a cameo in it, which we recently found out in a TV spot. Yeah, which, which is I... weird, bearing in mind she we know she's lost her job now. Yeah, I, I also... Oh, yeah. The Rock refused to do a cameo for it as Black Adam because he didn't want to hurt Black Adam's legacy. Yeah. The... The film just kind of feels under-advertised. Like, even me, who, like, Google knows what kind of ads to show me, I've really not seen that much about it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the first proper trailer was the Super Bowl one. Yeah. Which and is it's like, a month ago. Yeah, which is quite close to a film release. So, like, there's no, like, build time. And, um, like... My, I have a similar issue with the TV spot. It's like, I one of my things I'm worried is, well, wor- I need to go back and rewatch the first one to kind of like refresh myself. But like you, the first one was good in, especially in the time of DC that it came out of. Like It was good in a vacuum. Yeah. I think it has its place. It could work in the DCU. Like it could, it's kept on its own. And my worry with this film was, I hope, in a way, I hope it keeps itself separate and doesn't do what, like, Black Adam did, where it tried to tie itself into the DCU, and that's probably kind of cost it. It's like, I'd rather it kept itself isolated so that if James Gunn wants to keep it going, he very easily can. If he doesn't, it is what it is. But, like, that TV spot with uh, Gal being teased, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. They're trying to tie it into the DCU, which yeah. already it's just like the chances of this being brought forward into the DCU dropped dramatically because of that. Like to be realistic. Um and the next problem I've got. The first Shazam film was a superhero origin film. Yes. They aren't massively popular. People are kind of over origin films, but they will accept an origin film. They've done well. Yeah, and it was done well. Mm. Um, we didn't need to care too much about the villain because it was all about the hero. We just needed a villain who seemed intimidating. Nailed it. Yes, Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu are phenomenal actresses. Mm. Can you tell me what characters they're playing? Some witches. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It It feels... This is the kind of time I wish to be going, oh shit, that's a bad guy. And instead, they've got two phenomenal actresses to play co antagonists who no one knows. They don't even name them in the fucking trailer. Yeah, I think. So is it just going to be more of this kind of 
super origin film, but it's going to be a sequel, which means inherently it won't be as good. Hmm, that's good. I did think, like, it felt weird that they revealed the antagonist so like kind of out like without really any weight to it yeah and like no reveal of like oh it's this person it was like as far as i'm aware she's a witch which is like ah that makes sense because the wizards gave him his power now it's witches that are against it's like okay um i feel like it's gonna I think part of your worry, like, it's going to be a follow-on to Hero Origin in the sense of, like, he's going to have to get... He's going to ha- take some loss to get through that loss and develop more, like, to re- to reach that un- full understanding of what he's capable of. And it's, like, it's, it's just kind of done a lot. Like, I'd rather... I don't know. I would rather have had less information and it be some big bad that we know and i don't know i'm definitely more like i was like uh it's probably gonna be okay it's not gonna be anything special it's probably okay i'm now as i've already said like i'm now worried that with galvin in it like they're trying to tie into the dcu we're not we're not gonna see shazam or this we're not gonna see this shazam yeah i don't think um and ironically going back to the character profile last week Yes. There's apparently a rumor that at some point during the film he, that Shazam is referred to as Captain Marvel. Oh. Bearing in mind all of the controversy and lawsuits and yeah. confusion. Why? Hmm. Just why? I I I think if they were if they want to do that, I hope they haven't said Captain Marvel and just keep it to the captain in the idea of the comic is going to be calling him the captain. Yes. yes. I'm hoping that's happened. Um, last time. But, and that, I, I can get behind that. To as Captain Ooh. Marvel. It's going to be a long um, time ago. Okay, so even though Captain Marvel had kind of been called Shazam for a while, mm. in 2011 during the New 52... They dropped all Captain Marvel like titling whatsoever and renamed them fully to Shazam. So it was twenty eleven. Yeah, it was the last time that they were fully refer like that it fully changed. I also don't think that's a good idea for like the for the casual DC fans that only know this character as Shazam and only ever heard of this character from the film. Like suddenly calling them Captain Marvel, they're gonna be like, Huh? I thought this was a DC film. Yeah, and but also it's titled Shazam. The yeah. first one was Shazam. This is Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Like, don't get me wrong, it's just a rumor. I have no evidence mm. to suggest that it's a fact, but it'd also be a really random thing to make up. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe that's why it's the perfect bait. I think I'm hopeful that it'll be an okay film and a, a good enough follow on. Um, I don't think. I think this is the end of the road for the time being for Shazam. I don't think we see Shazam anytime soon in the DCU. Um, whether this does great or it doesn't, but I yeah, it's kind of the I I hope 
as we've said with kind of all the upcoming DCEU linked films, hopefully they're all right. They kind of doesn't really matter at the end of the day because their storyline's ending. So it's like, as long as they're decent, everyone's already looking at the DCU, so there's a lot less pressure on them in a way. Agreed. So. Um, but with that all wrapped up, bum, bum, mm. bum, bum, it's the Nerd News Network. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, starting off with a very juicy, juicy bit. Yeah, keeping on DCU. Um, yeah. Ben Affleck says he won't be directing a DC film. Mm. I have nothing against James Gunn. He's a nice guy. Sure, he's going to do a great job. I just wouldn't want to go in and direct in the way they're doing that. Mm. So that would make me believe that the meeting's been had. Yes. And he has an idea of the kind of thing James Gunn wants, and he's gone, that is not me, my friend. Which is fair. Yeah. Like, I think James Gunn was open to talking to him about it. Obviously, at the end of the day, this is James Gunn's DCU, so it's like, his vision's gonna be the like this is you gotta you gotta somewhat fall in line with his vision because it's a bigger picture situation. And and um, the tone across these films has yes. to they don't, they don't have to be identical, obviously. But they have to you, feel somewhat you have to believe they can be happening in the same yeah. world. And it's like, like Robert Patterson isn't gonna be happening alongside a flash film. It's just yeah. not gonna happen. So it doesn't surprise me that Ben Affleck probably had his idea of what a Batman film would be, and it just doesn't line up, and that's pretty much as is. And this idea of a big collective thing isn't what Ben Affleck wants to be part of. Like being a director and a group of directors all to the same story, like big picture thing. Yeah. Um I did also see keeping with Ben Affleck, he also put out something that his Batman performance in The Flash, apparently he feels like he finally nailed the character and this is... He, he finally figured out how he wanted to play this Batman and this was the best version of his Batman he's done. It just took him a while to kind of get understand the tone. And it's like, cool. Doesn't really matter anymore, mate. Like it, I've got a horrible, horrible feeling that this Flash film is going to be phenomenal and we're all going to be sat there watching it do shit at the box office because of Ezra Miller and we're going to be like god damn it do you, know why I think, do you know why I think Ben Affleck feels like he's nailed the, his Batman this time because we've seen him in the trailer and he's just as Bruce and he's probably yeah. just going to be playing mainly as Bruce and he can probably nail that pretty well mm, quite possibly but I do think, unfortunately, the Flash could be phenomenal. And I've, I've got, a, I've got a really like horrible feeling that it's going to be fucking phenomenal. The story's going to end. It's going to do, do really badly. Do, do you know what's going to happen if it does? Work, if it's a good film, do you know who's going to repoke their heads? What fans are going to repoke their heads? Uh, where, where, where's the Zack Schneider uh... well you bring that up and it's not on here because I forgot to put it on but you're teasing you something Schneider's been teasing stuff on, on the old interwebs have. about Darkseed yes. uh, let me find it quickly. which is interesting because I don't know how this works um, so it was hashtag full circle 
What if it's um, a game? It's, it's a little 14 second video. It says incoming transition from Lord Darkside. And then it is April 28th to 30th of this year. What um, if it's just a tease towards Flash? Is he involved with the Flash point one? I don't believe so. I, yeah, I, unless they're going to do... Um, no, because I, I was going to say, what if they do uh, Elseworlds? But I'm sorry, if you have Zack Snyder doing anything DC alongside the, the DCU's going to, yeah, people are going to get too confused. It, un it undermines everything James Gunn's trying to do. Yeah. Unless um, he like, has something he can... It, what if it's just a game? What if it's Zack I, Snyder's game? Why would he be involved with a game, though? Same way James Cameron did the Avatar game. It's just his name plastered on it. Maybe, maybe. Anyway. Um, but yeah, DC. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, more news on Superman Legacy. Yes. So James Gunn tweeted out um, that his brother sent him a text when he announced the target date for Superman Legacy. Hmm. Um, and then he and then he said, "Yeah, that's the actual date." And then his brother informed him, "Do you remember that's Dad's birthday, right?" And he'd completely forgotten, and his dad has recently passed away. Um, sure. He then, I can't remember where, he spoke a little bit about it, and it seems like Superman Legacy is going to be focused more on the legacy part of that title, is more to do with Superman finding a way to honour his Kryptonian heritage mm. and his father, his human father, and their legacies, and how he can carry the best of both of them forward to give to the world. Yeah, it's, I saw the tweets like talking about how he's going to bring what he knows of Kryptonia and also his family on the farm and like yeah, how that shapes him going forward. I don't know if he... Um, was there any other stuff that he tweeted about to do with the... Well, he also confirmed that he's going to be directing it. Oh, that was it. So we knew he was writing it, um, which wasn't a problem. But now he's directing it as well. Um, but it's interesting because while I don't view it as a problem, mm. a lot of people are concerned that if James Gunn continues to do too much too early, no one else is going to want to come in and touch anything, which is then going to limit its success because if you don't like James Gunn's style, you're not going to like it, any of it. I get you. Um, which is an interesting take to me. Um, I think as long as he doesn't do everything in their first chapter, it's probably fine. Yeah, and I don't think he will do everything in that first chapter. I think... In my eyes, it makes sense in a way that he would want to direct Superman because it's kind of like the headline yes. film of this first chapter. I think part of the issue is people have a preconceived idea of he James was Gunn. Be Kevin Feig, and yes. he's going to be there and organize stuff, forgetting that James Gunn's a writer and director. And also, so he's I think write and direct people then that do remember that are like, ah, James Gunn has a very set style. And it's like, do we want a Superman? And it's like, well, yes, he can do, like, Guardians and those. Like, he's good with that style. We've seen that, yeah. 
I do think he can direct a good Superman film in, that doesn't necessarily have to lean very heavily into those themes that he usually does. Hot take. Go on. Guardians 3 is going to confirm to us that this Superman film is going to hit the right emotional notes perfectly. Yes, I do. I think people are going to watch Guardians 3 and be like, hit with every but, fucking emotion they can be. But I've got to be honest, I'm angry with James Gunn. Oh. Because him taking over DC full-time has fully squashed any chance of us getting a third Scooby-Doo movie written and directed <laughs> by him. Whoa, you say that. I heard Shaggy is going to become a new DC superhero. Okay. Everyone's heard oh, of the powers oh, that Shaggy oh, has. Ultra Instinct Shaggy, yeah. going one-on-one with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, just get Pete Davidson to play yeah (laughs) (laughs) there is only one live action Shaggy and that is Matthew Lillard Um, but yeah so some interesting news on the DC front yeah Um, and then we get to the Oscars Ah. we got slapped this year so we're off to a good start that was a good start Um, although apparently although I didn't watch the Oscars because they're a crock of shit apparently there was like constant jokes and references to it yeah and apparently there was um new policies and security policies put in place this year that have come about because of last year and to make sure that an incident like that doesn't happen again yeah um so out the gate black panther wakanda forever became the second mcu film to win an oscar Mm -hmm. Um, but it was not the one it deserved angela bassett was robbed everyone knows it um, yeah. I, don't, I don't even think that's a, like a hot take. Um, no. I, I think everyone's pretty agreed to the fact that Angela Bassett deserves her fucking Oscar. Yes. Um, but they got the costume. Game. Yeah, they they did get the costume award. Um, but it makes them only the second MCU film behind Black Panther. So <laughs> I mean, something's going right over there. Yeah. Um, Unsurprisingly. In in, in the surprise to absolutely fucking no one, Avatar won Best Visual Effects. Let's be honest. Avatar could have been a stealing pile of dog shit and it still would have won that award. Even if it looked like shit, it would have still won that award. Because of the way the Oscars is set up. Oh, yeah. yeah. But To just reinforce what people already think. Out of all the Oscars, that is actually probably the most deserved win. Yes. And um, yeah. <laughs> the really interesting thing to me, though, mm. was the outrage at Batman being snubbed for cinematography. Um, as Roger Deakins called out the snobbery in Oscar voting, and I didn't know who this man was. I'm not going to pretend I did, but I did a little Google of him. Would you like to hear some of the stuff Roger Deakins has worked on as a cinematographer? Go ahead. 1917. The World War One film, Blade mm. Runner twenty forty seven, No Beautiful Country film. for Old Men, Shawshank Redemption, Classic. Skyfall, great film. This man knows what he's talking about when it mm. comes to cinematography, and he sat there straight after the Oscars and gone, Batman didn't win because of Oscar snobbery and it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee, if that was a detective film, yeah, if it was like a detective Batman, noir film. Yeah, 100%. Would have won no problem. Yeah, of course it would have. 
Um, but it's just interesting now because for the last few years, all we've seen is like these household mega name. successful people in the movie industry just go superhero films are ruining everything. Yes, big name directors this, yeah. being like superhero films are the worst. Yeah, um, and the Oscars has reflected their opinion by just not really giving them the time of day. And then you've got this guy coming out going, "Batman was fucking art, and y'all are blind as fuck if it didn't win." Which is just hilarious to me. Which um, I'm calling it now. Batman Two wins an Oscar. Probably if it, if it can maintain the quality is, of Batman, is their way of being like, ah, now you deserve an Oscar. Yeah. Um, but in a surprise to, I mean, not anyone with eyes. Um, everything, every everything, everywhere, all at once. One cleaned up. Yeah, and a lot. the whale. Which is and the whale did very well. Yeah. Um. What the whale got best hair and makeup and then best actor for Brendan Fraser. Yes. Shout out the goat. I um, I have to say, a very sweet moment of the Oscars was Harrison Ford giving Short Stack the short uh round. short round, uh the Oscar yeah, the big hug uh, yeah, yeah it was it was beautiful, um, but it was interesting for sure. I do just wonder. If superhero films couldn't consistently win Oscars during the height of their popularity, do they really have a chance in the next couple of years with the superhero burnout that's coming? Or because they stop being so popular but still keep getting made, do they become artsy films again that are entitled to win them? I think it will be just as hard. And it's already rare... But I think situations like Black Panther, where it's a very... They won costume, which is valid. And it's a great film, but it's a very cultural, yeah. culturally driven film. They lean on that a lot and want to showcase yeah. that a lot. And that's culture, why it gets a... Culture-making culture. Which is why it's appreciated at the Oscars over just Iron Man and Captain America punching each other. Yeah. I think... Batman being snubbed was definitely unfair. And I think fil- DC side of things, films that are like that, that are going to be these elsewhere, elseworld ones, that are more creative freedom and a bit more artistically creative in their visuals or cinematography, I think they have a chance to maybe win Oscars. I don't, I don't see a world where Superman Legacy wins Oscar for best actor or anything like that. There's, there's. I think you're right. The burnout on superhero films is going to be reflected in an even hard, like less chance of them getting Oscars. But, I mean, we've we've already said it. Oscars don't mean ev- everyone. Everyone who pays any attention, like everyone, knows the Oscars are a pay to win situation. You pay the right person, you get an Oscar. So, the the Oscars, if we're being honest, is just a giant circle jerk. Yeah, yeah. Um, hundred percent. Where where are the superhero awards? Start their own. Okay, are we are we doing it? We'll go on after Cutie Cin- Cinderella Streamer Awards. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll just give the out cut the cutscene the cutscene awards. awards. Yeah, yeah. Best film of the year, best TV show of the year, best actress of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. Best VFX. Right. 
Um, Star Wars is probably going to win that most years by the looks of it at the minute. <laughs> yeah, Mando, Mando, um, Mando. <laughs> just give all the awards to Pedro Pascal so I have a chance to hug him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if we send Pedro Pascal an email saying we're going to give you 150 awards, he'll turn up, right? Depends. I think he would. He seems like that kind of guy. Probably. I'd say mail them here. We were here. very upfront with the fact that like, this just is going to be held in our garden. Yeah, it's just there us. There is no live audience. People are like, can I bring security just in case you guys are weird? They're like, yeah, no worries. Like, okay, cool, I'll come. Will there be food? Super Showdown. Yes. Off the back of our um, hugely successful and popular um, Ultimate Fighting series last week, Pokemon style. Um, we're back to regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're now into essentially the quarterfinals of the overall bracket. Yes. Um, starting off with the Marvel Hero bracket. Just a quick run through of what happened in this side because it has been a while. It has. Um, we had Beta Beta Ray Bill versus Black Knight, Captain mm-hmm. America versus Scott Lang, Gamora versus Miles, Daredevil versus Ghost Rider. Yes. From there, we then had Beta Ray Bill versus Miles. And Captain America versus Ghost Rider, which led us into today's matchup of Beta Ray Bill versus Ghost Rider. Yes. You know, like Hog Rider from Clash of Clans. <laughs> it's a reference for some people. God, um, Clash... oh. yeah, you... you can't say that on YouTube <laughs> without a sponsorship. This is not Oof. an ad. Oof. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's been a minute. Um, we did agree way, 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 way back when that there would be no advantages yes, we did. once we got to this stage. So this is just as it comes. Neutral battlefield, bloodlusted, all the standard rules apply, 18 and older. Uh... I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if Beta Ray Bill can survive Ghost Rider's penance there. good that that is the defining factor that is the defining factor of this fight because beta rebel incredibly strong powerful we've we've decided that he can he's got his storm breaker he's cutting about he's causing chaos at the end of the day it takes very specific essentially magical effects to do anything to him (sighs) penance is I guess we need to... Demon hell magic, innit? Yeah. Like, how... What does it affect? So, basically, if your soul feels like it's committed, essentially, any sins, it causes you to be eaten from the inside out. The only person Ghost Rider has tried the penance there on, and it's not worked, Mm. is the Punisher... And that is because the Punisher wholeheartedly believes what he's doing is right. Hmm. So, really the question is, has Beta Ray Bill sinned? Well, does he feel guilty for anything? Well, oh. In that case, putting it that way, yes. Like, at the end of the day, he has probably attempted to save many people probably made incorrect decisions and saving some wrong people or doing 
some he'll have made decisions that he'll he regrets i guarantee that yeah of course and i think that he'll feel guilty for not saving someone he thought he could or taking someone's life that he shouldn't have done or there's definitely some guilt there as most good people have so i, I think in that sense then yes pen and stare works so so do I. I. I just, I don't think he can really avoid it. Yeah, I do think at the end of the day, this fight is, they're both strong opponents. And it's like, it's going to come down to them using the best of what they have. And at the end of the day, it's going to get to a point where Ghost Rider's like, all right, penance there then. Yeah, and I, and I think with the Marvel canon around the penance there essentially being the only person unaffected by it that we know of is the Punisher because he's so mentally damaged that he doesn't even think killing all these people is wrong. Shows that basically everyone's going to die to it apart from him, really. So I think we can safely assume that Bill's going to take the L. Yeah, I think unfortunately so. So I, don't, I don't see any way. Yeah, and there we have it. We have our first semi-finalist. We do. Ghost Rider will be going on to compete against the Marvel villain. Ooh, which could be... Ultron or Juggernaut. Interesting. Mmm, very much so. Would Penn and um, Stare work on an AI? Mm, these these are, is, these are the these are the questions that these are the, we are qualified to discuss. Correct, and this is I'll, something I'll you'll have to wait to find out in the coming weeks. Exactly. Um, next week is going to be episode sixty. Ooh, big six zero. Yeah, we're going to be as old as Hori. Um, <laughs> Should take that stray. That's okay. I'm built for it. It's been a while since I've caught you. It has. It has been a while. I you, will give you, you that. You one. Um, <laughs> but thank you as always for hanging out. We greatly appreciate it. Make sure you're liking. Make sure you're subscribing. As you're listening to this, we, we're like probably like five views off of, of the 300,000 total views on the YouTube. You could be the 300 you, you could be that 300,000th view. Um, there's not a prize if you are, but you could be. And then you can live with that knowledge. You can make yourself a badge and wear it. Yes, exactly. Um, but make sure you subscribe, make sure you're liked, because we're on that road to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Yes, we um, are. And we'll see you next week. Have a lovely time. We'll see you next week.